Welcome to The Holistic Entrepreneur with holistic nurse practitioner, success coach, and best-selling author, Bonnie Gressel. Bonnie and her expert guests share tips, tools, and strategies to achieve success on your holistic entrepreneur journey. Each show features answers to common entrepreneur challenges, along with a healthy dose of support and motivation. Now, please welcome the host of The Holistic Entrepreneur, Bonnie Gressel. Well, welcome, everyone. This is your host, Bonnie Gressel, here at The Holistic Entrepreneur. Now, today I have a wonderful guest to share with you. Lincoln Stoller is here, and I'm going to introduce Lincoln in just a moment. But first, I always want to take a moment to thank you for spending your valuable time here with me on the show. I know that time is our most precious asset, so I always want to make sure that these shows are value-packed so that you feel your time was well spent. You know, I think being a holistic entrepreneur is really more about who you are than what you do. You come from that heart-centered place. You want to make a difference in the world. And perhaps that's you, and that's why you've decided to join us on the show today. So if this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you've tuned in before, welcome back. I hope that you find this will be another great show with insights to help you on your entrepreneur journey. Now, make sure you check out the show page before you leave. There's always gifts for you there, and there's ways to connect with my guest for today, and he has a gift for you as well. So make sure you check that out before you leave. Now, maybe you have a message to share. I would love to hear from you. We can connect on Facebook or through my website because I always love having new guests on the show. So if you're interested or just want to chat about it, reach out to me. There's always my contact link on the show page as well. Now, the information presented here is always educational, inspirational, and motivational in nature, but I always want you to take what fits for you and just let go of the rest. This show does not intend or imply to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. I always want to preface every show with that little reminder for all of us. Now, let me introduce our guest for today. Lincoln Stoller, PhD and certified hypnotherapist, is a physicist, astronomer, statistician, neurologist, psychologist, entrepreneur, software architect, hypnotist, therapist, aviator, mountaineer, educator, and author. Oh my goodness, he's so many different things. And is the owner of his own company, Mind Strength Balance, Lincoln has experience in science, business, project management, teaching, biofeedback, and hypnotherapy. Lincoln is, is, is interested in the mind and its connection to the physical and spiritual worlds. So working from physical, intellectual, and spiritual experience, he offers a unique perspective that can help you live better in this world. Join me now in welcoming Lincoln Stoller to the show. Well, welcome, Lincoln. Thank you so much for taking your time to join us here in The Holistic Entrepreneur. After looking at your website, I know you are a busy person. So thank you so much for taking time to share with us today. Thanks, Bonnie. I'm really happy you uh, invited me. You know, I read a little bit about people in their bio, obviously, but there's always more to the story. Would you share with us a little bit more about your journey and what brings you to the work that you do today and, and the, the many books that you've written? Um, it's a very roundabout course. It started when I was young and I was not learning fast enough, so I started talking to people. And uh, when I was very young, I started talking to many wonderful people. And I went into physics and uh, I went into mountaineering and um, I went into neurology and I went into universities. But I didn't find universities 
taught me fast enough either. So I went into practice doing my own science and um, traveling around the world and finally got back to psychology through the experiences I had in other cultures and with some of the crazy people I worked with. <laughs> and um, I find that now that is really my greatest resource. I do a lot of research and a lot of reading, but a lot of it's kind of repetitive and derivative. I learn the most from my therapy clients, from my research projects, and, uh, you know, most of all, from all of my millions of failed initiatives um, in software, in uh, flying airplanes, in um, biology. Uh, I mean, all over the place, I'm poking at new things and, uh, you know, stirring up wasps' nests. So it sort of has come together now in, um, well, what's called therapy, but I don't really accept the name therapy because I don't really accept the idea of sickness or illness as being the prime focus um, of any endeavor. So I sort of sidled into the role of therapist through hypnotherapy. And most of what I do with my clients is to try to convince them that they're not sick. Or if they think they're sick, well, let's look at what's not sick because that's a stronger attitude. And now what's happening is that I'm realizing it's not enough to talk to people who think they're ill and convince them they're not. That's only half of us. And the other half is the part of us that thinks we're well and that wonders why things aren't going as well as they should. So now I'm working with business people as a branch of wellness, entrepreneurs, um, and I'm trying to plumb that aspect of human nature because I'm always working with the full picture. I don't really subscribe to diagnostic medicine, certainly psychologically, and I'm not entirely on board with the idea of uh, executive coaching and um, sort of rah-rah encouragement. <laughs> um, you know, as I said, I have to admit, most of my experiences, most of my benefits come from failure because that's where you learn what not to do, whereas success just teaches you to do it again the same way. Um, so I'm always asking people to look at uh, the dark side if they're on the light side or on the light side if they're on the dark side. Um, and I'm a total believer in the uh, unification of both. That's a quick description of how I got here talking to you about entrepreneurship and health. Okay. Well, you know, it's, you do so many things that it's not surprising that, it, there, that there were a few detours and, and um, where, you know, you've done a lot of different things, but I love how you are bringing together, and I see more of this these days, bringing together the whole mind, body, spirit piece with business. There's so much that happens, as, as you know, in our subconscious mind that we're not even aware of. And, you know, we've talked about it for people who are sort of in the mainstream, but having that come to business is, I think, really important in today's, in today's time because it's harder and harder to, you know, grow a business. And so if you don't have the right 
I don't like to use the word mindset because it's kind of overused, but if you don't have the right inside stuff, it doesn't work on the outside. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a little dicey. Um, you know, when somebody comes to me with therapy for therapy, um, there's always a sort of a little neurotic element there that there's something wrong with them and, you know, the world is closing in on them and they're boxed in. And uh, you kind of have to get them to relax and, and see the broader perspective. That's kind of the root of most healing is to expand and um, find strength. Um, so when you deal with business people, the frustrating thing is a lot of business people, they're not looking for their weaknesses. <laughs> and so they're sort of just riding roughshod over them. And uh, they don't want to hear them. Um, but they're, you know, always the richest place for improvement. So the therapy people want you to help them. And the business people don't want you to help them. They want you to buy from them. Everybody is kind of a bit um, blinded. And uh, people don't generally want to enter the chaos of uh, full potential. And you kind of have to hold their hand and encourage them, but they will at their own time. So it's a funny responsibility to be, I kind of consider myself a, a doorman rather than a guide. You know, I can show people a door, but to authentically go through it, they have to do it themselves. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, no one can make choices. I mean, I can't make choices for other people, but right. the outside of that is no one can choose for me either. That's right. So, you know, today we were going to talk a little bit about the whole concept of lucidity. And I think this is really interesting because it plays a part in, in all people's lives, obviously. But in terms of the entrepreneur or the business person, you know, we, we have those those moments where we're, where we're thinking about stuff that aren't like really what we're doing, but we're probably worried about something or thinking something we have to do or something we regret that happened yesterday. Taking those moments to use them to our benefit and, and practicing um, becoming better at lucidity, I think that's really kind of a, a really cool way to look at it, especially for business now. And I think more people, and I don't know if you see this, Lincoln, that more people are becoming open to things like this. I mean, it used to be, you know, too freaky tiki, too woo woo. They didn't really go there. But I think there's more people who are becoming open. I don't know. Do you find that in your practice? Um, I think there's a pressure for that to happen. I think there's a lot of reluctance for people to respond to it. Um, you know, the history of the last few hundred years has been very expansionist and uh, exploitative of resources and territory and power. And it does seem that at this juncture of the last 20 years and going forward, we're kind of reaching the end of that, uh, you know, resources, population, um, global situations. And there is a force that's forcing people to start to reconsider their boundaries and their effects on their boundaries and their stewardship of their environment that wasn't, certainly wasn't there a hundred years ago. Mm. Um, 
And, you know, there's a lot of reluctance. If you look at politics, politics and corporate governance is still kind of on a three-year time frame. They're not on the seven generations time frame of, you know, indigenous people yet, and they're nowhere near it. So, you know, people talk about, you know, global warming, and um, then there's the carbon tax. This isn't quite a match in terms of time frame. So I do find people are responding to the sort of global and social movement to see the whole system they're operating in. But the system remains short-sighted, at least in our Western capitalist economy. Mm -hmm. So they're driven on two sides to be more aware and to be less aware. And there again, you know, um, it turns into an issue of psychology where is your spirit nurtured more? Where is your, where have you grown up and what have you grown to see? Um, a lot of my work with people involves expanding their mind. And uh, you mentioned one way of expanding your mind, which is becoming more aware. Lucidity to me is more than that. It's leveling up to new, new kinds of awareness. So it's a qualitative change in addition to a quantitative change. Um, so if, if you want to consider yourself a therapy client for a moment, okay. I would ask you to uh, reframe your problems as opportunities. That would be an expansion of your awareness. But I would also ask you to discard your notion of time and space and place and identity and see what else you could bring in. And you could use science or you could use metaphysics or you could use spirituality. And that would be a quantitative change. And um, the effect of my working with people is often chaos, which is a good thing because it's the opening of greater potential, but it's also scary. And um, I mean, it's scary. It can be scary in the extreme because a lot of people have memories they wish they never had and don't want to ever have again. And when you start unlocking the closet, you just don't know what's going to come out. Um, a lot of people have trauma, abuse, that have just been locked away and nobody thought they'd ever need to look at it again. But in many cases, even small things, you know, being humiliated when you were five or something like that, um, can be very painful and also very formative or misformative. And stuff comes up. So uh, often when people come to me for therapy, and I think this would be true when they come for me for business consulting also, what turns out to be the real agenda is not what they thought they came for. And uh, that can be disturbing to people, especially if you, you know, you're watching the clock or you think you're going to get some clear benefit in a short period of time. And you come away from me with a sense of confusion as if you took a dose of LSD. And, uh, you know, that's a good thing. At least that's sort of what I'm in the business of doing. And I used to do a lot of that um, psychedelic work with um, jungle medicines and uh, ceremonies in foreign countries and 
you know, dark huts with, uh, you know, snakes and stuff. And I turned to doing hypnosis because it was, I felt, much more directed to the issues that people had and gave them more control. But it's kind of the same thing. It's a, it's a mind trip. Um, growth is a mind trip. And, uh, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, you kind of have to be ready for opportunity when it comes, often not in the form you thought. Mm, oh, but that's so true, Lincoln. You know, there's always something underneath and something that either they know is there and don't want to go back to or they don't even know is there. And all of those things that happen to us or we experience in our younger life, especially, they st it's stuck there. <laughs> it's in us and it affects us and influences us as adults. So encouraging people to, to sort of open that, open that jar, you know, and, and take a look at what's inside, I'm sure can be, um, you know, nerve wracking at first, but you know, you talk about chaos, but you have to have a catalyst, don't you? I mean, there has to be a contrast to have change. Well, this is what's so mysterious to me. Evolution of species, uh, personalities, businesses, governments is so episodic. It goes along growing happily for a while and then, you know, everything hits the fan and there's a revolution or a metamorphosis or a death of some kind or a birth of some kind. And um, we would kind of like it to be like more gradual and peaceful and comfortable, but it never is. And I think it, it authentically has to be uncomfortable. I mean, if you were a caterpillar, becoming a butterfly has got to be the most frightening thing in the world. And that's just the way it's going to be. Because mm -hmm. you can't really understand something that you've never experienced before. And if you look at that as an entrepreneur, boy, you know, everything you're trying to do is control this change. Yet you can't if you're entering something totally new. And do you want to enter something totally new? Because if you don't, growth will eventually slow. Yeah. So, you know, just so that our audience and myself um, is clear about the um, lucidity as a concept, how do you define that, Lincoln? Because I don't know if it's how, I don't know if your definition is going to be the same as I've written, uh, read about in, in textbooks. So, well, I'll give you an example. Yeah. It's, it's tough to define what you don't know. Um, I've got a lot of interest and experience in the area of learning. And my ultimate focus in learning is how do you learn? Um, it is a process of gaining lucidity. I have a book called uh, The Learning Project in which I interview people and ask them that question, and nobody can really answer it. Um, you know, they get themselves in a position of a certain amount of comfort and opportunity, and then they let go and uh, do things that are out of character and find results that they didn't expect. There's a movie, I, I like these alien contact movies, at least some of them. Uh, they're either funny or inspiring. and. Um, one that I liked recently was called uh, Arrival. If you remember, it's about a linguist who encounters a strange species of uh, alien who comes to Earth and is trying to, and is tasked with figuring out how they think. And uh, 
I have to say one thing about lucidity in advance of this movie. Um, we have waking lucidity and we have dreaming lucidity or we have the ideas of being lucid when you're dreaming. Um, there are different ways of thinking that are qualitatively different, such as dreaming versus wakeful thought. And those are an example, those two are an example of different kinds of lucidity. Um, this movie, Arrival, concludes by saying that these aliens have a way of thinking that's totally different from ours. They don't think in terms of time and space. For them, everything is connected. They can see the future and the past. And uh, they don't move through time linearly so that their language is very bizarre. And, um, you know, th this is made into a plot with a, you know, crescendo in the movie. And uh, the truth is that everything that people think, just as everything that they dream, is a reflection of something that's in their mind. So, you know, ideas in movies reflect something that's floating around in someone's mind. And this notion that a species could exist that exists outside of time and space is actually what we are in our dreams. Our dreaming awareness exists outside of time and space. It seems so bizarre when you reflect on it, so disconnected and acausal. And it is essentially the metaphor of these aliens, but they're not from another planet. They're in our heads. So, you know, if you want to see an alien life form, just go to sleep and dream, and you'll meet the most alien life form you can imagine. That to me is an exercise in lucidity. It's not simply clarity. In fact, maybe it's not clarity at all, but it's a larger knowing and seeing. So as I mentioned before, you can have greater awareness, a kind of growth and awareness, a kind of growing up, you know, moving from adolescence to adulthood, but you can also have transformations of awareness that are like, uh, well, uh, you know, you, each person would have to relate it to their own personal life. But dreaming is, or dreams, is one of the most ever-present forms of altered reality, which is, parenthetically, why I'm involved with sleep and dreaming. Not simply because I'm a sleep therapist or a dream psychologist, but because it's another kind of awareness. And to take it back to uh, entrepreneurship, um, a lot of people who've struggled with problems, at least in my case in science, have found solutions in dreams. And if not dreams, in reverie or contemplative thought. And, um, you know, it's not just because uh, you think about another way at a problem. It's because you think differently. So uh, in this book, Becoming Lucid, which was sort of the putative topic today, I talk about how you can develop broader forms of lucidity working with your dreams and your waking, sleeping states. And I use exercises and so forth. The goal is to break people's minds open. Um, and you might say break their hearts open too. It's not entirely an intellectual exercise. Well, let me be more direct. It's not an intellectual exercise. It's a physical emotional, ancestral, environmental experience. 
getting out of your head leaves you in a very big world if you fully release yourself. And in that world, you'll see your environment in a different form. As a business person, we tend to deal with other people as entities relating to our business. But from a more lucid point of view, they are just connections in a web of uh, species, uh, sort of like mushrooms connected to each other through a mycelial mat. Um, there are many more paths to your goal than the ones you've been presented with or thought about. Uh, you know, some of them are hard, some of them are easy, some of them are painful, some of them are uh, enthusiastic or rewarding. But you have to look at them in the largest sense to see how they connect. And, you know, when I talk to people, I have to not say too much because I confuse people too much and I'm probably confusing listeners now. But that's a good thing. Um, that's what I'm here to do. Uh, you, so I've now thoroughly lost uh, what your original question was, so you can get back to it. Well, actually, I, I've thought of, as you're talking, it's like there's a golden nugget in there I want to talk about. Because you talk about, and, and maybe this was when we talked earlier, the difference, I mean, there are different sort of stages of self-awareness and, and lucidity, but there's a difference between our rational or analytical part of us and the emotional or more maybe holistic part of us. But the thing that I find interesting, and I'd like you to, to elaborate on this, is that time and space play differently in those roles. Yeah, I think that's very important. And it's partly my background as a physicist that lets me see that clearly. Um, I don't want to go into physics. Um, and you know, there is a kind of a pop science understanding that's emerging, holism and quantum mechanics and non-locality. The way these things are emerging in popular culture is not precise and sometimes not even at all accurate, but we have to go with it. And it's useful. The notions of, well, time and space come to us in the form of causality. Uh, the linearity of the way things progress and the role that we might have in affecting the outcome of things. We are rather narrow beings. We can't follow a lot of stuff at once. Um, you know, maybe that's how we evolved and maybe that's a good thing. Um, I mean, we're certainly more broad-minded than worms, but we're not as broad-minded as um, uh, forests of trees. That's maybe not fair, but if you, if you know that trees are connected through their roots and they all sort of think together, you might know what I mean. Um, so that if you look at how things progress, cause and effect, um, it's not as linear as you think. So one of the most important things I tell people, therapy or otherwise, is that what you are facing now is not a result of what happened just immediately before. That's pretty obvious. It's the result of a lifelong experience over many people and places coming together at this moment now. So if you want to change the future, 
also, it's not going to depend on something you do immediately now. You know, it's that old saw, when's the best plant, time to plant a tree? Well, it's 20 years ago. The second best time is now. But you do have the ability to go back and plant things 20 years ago in your mind because your mind is built from memories of ancient memories, 20 years or, in fact, I believe, thousands of years old. And some of those can be changed and need to be changed. And uh, it involves going back to them. And they may not come to you in a, in a purely tractable way. They may come to you in strange ways, in your dreams, through therapy, through regression. Um, so it's a funny combination of being rational and scientific and being holistic. And um, I don't know what the what systems theory, spirituality, uh, ancestry, uh, emotional. So this is what emotion is. Basically, it's a connection to your whole feeling. And that's why it's difficult to manage because there's no one string that you can pull to change your emotions. In fact, it sometimes feels like there's no strings at all to change your emotions. Um, that difference, as you brought up, between, I don't know, what did you call it? Uh, uh, sequentialness and analytic perspective. The analytic versus, yeah, the emotional or holistic. Right, emotional, holistic. I don't think we um, have, well, my work is to make people be more emotional. And that's a kind of difficult thing to explain. Um, so much of my work is helping people get uh, a feeling of strength in their emotional lives to direct emotional energy. Um, it's now become accepted in research and psychological circles that it is emotion that determines what you're going to do, not reason. Mm -hmm. um, and we, you know, we dismiss emotion for the most part. We think it's secondary, but in fact, it's, it's not just primary. It, it precedes what we do. So, you know, your emotional makeup will determine how you behave. It's not your, what you've learned in school or what you've done in the last 10 minutes. Um, if you want to change your future, you have to work on who you are. And that's kind of the bottom line, mm. uh, finding out who you are. Mm, oh, I love that because I, I tell people all the time and, and it's in kind of a silly way. I said, I always say you're never too old to change your childhood. Mm -hmm. You know, because you can go back and change that part of it because so I, I really resonate with what you're talking about. Now, now, Lincoln, we could talk about this all day because this is really interesting stuff. But I know people are busy and their brains are probably full of stuff already. So if there was one thing that you could leave them with. What's the most important thing you would like our listeners to walk away with from our conversation today? I'd say it's recognizing that you make up everything that's in your reality and that everything you perceive in your reality is a reflection of an aspect of yourself. Um, 
that asks people to reconsider who they are. And it asks them to see in what they perceive themselves. So that every obstacle is an opportunity. And every opportunity is a reflection of how you have limited your sight of what's going around, on around you. It's always duality. Um, and uh, the thing I try to set as my goal is to disengage myself from my attachment, from my firm attachment to anything. Um, and if you can feel that in yourself, I think you'll feel it as a mixed uh, attraction and repulsion, fearful, but enticing. Mm -hmm. And that's what uh, I think is the, um, the breadcrumbs, the trail um, to growth. Mm, oh, I love that. You know, because, you know, it, I think that's well-spoken and so true. And I, I think people need those reminders, you know, to, because life gets busy and we're doing all these things, checking things off our to-do list and, you know, going about our business, so to speak. And we don't think about that. So thank you so much for sharing that, Lincoln. You know, I know that people are going to want more of you. So tell us how they can connect with you, the services that you offer, your website. I know you've got a ton of books out there. Tell us a little bit more how people can get more of Lincoln Stoller. Well, the website um, has basic menus pertaining to sleep, spirit, therapy, um, business, and learning. And the website is at mindstrengthbalance.com. People really like the blog posts I put up. They tend to follow the whole topic of this conversation. So if you want to subscribe, uh, there are links on every one of those pages. And I would love you to join. And I'm often giving away um, either books. The digital ones are easy to give away because they don't cost anything. To mail. And I also do a lot of um, spoken audio um, trance inductions as, an, as another way to understand a certain topic that's not so intellectual. It's more emotional and visceral and visual. I record these and um, some of them I sell, but I'm often giving them away as um, explanations of certain topics and I give them away to the subscribers of the uh, of the blog so go to mind strength balance and uh, join the list oh, and that's such a generous gift I know I've read your becoming lucid book and you have audios in there as well which are fabulous so I'm sure if it's I mean it's probably all of your audios are fabulous and you've You've got them associated with your blog as well. That's certainly a wonderful gift for people who are at all interested in this to just sign up for that. And I will put the link to your website and to, um, and they can get your gift from there. Um, and also to your book, um, the one that we were talking about 
regarding lucidity today. Um, they can get it on Amazon if, if they want to look at that. So thank you so much, Lincoln, for taking time to be here to talk about this, this topic. This isn't always the first topic that business people, entrepreneurs talk about. And so thank you for sort of opening that door, cracking that door to have people think a little deeper and, right. and, and be still enough to hear the answers, right? Yeah, my, my, um, my pleasure, my privilege. Um, thanks. And um, yeah, it, it's sort of my purpose as well. Yeah, well, I can certainly see that it, you've, it seems like your purpose in this lifetime. So thank you so much for sharing. Thanks, Bonnie. You've been listening to The Holistic Entrepreneur, hosted by Bonnie Gressel. The Holistic Entrepreneur has been brought to you by M&B Global Solutions, your source for individualized coaching for entrepreneurs and authors, along with book editing and publishing services. To learn more, go to m and Solutions.com.